If you are on the road like I was this past weekend, the PGA Tour app is a must-have. I was streaming live coverage of the Valero Texas Open live on my phone. Leaderboard features. You can make your own leaderboard. It's got Shot Tracker. Download it now for your Android or iPhone device. What does it take to be the number one irons in golf? If you're going to ask the engineers at Callaway, they're going to tell you it is relentless innovation. Golfers are seeing tremendous gains in distance and forgiveness from the industry-leading face cup technology. To learn more about that, go to CallawayGolf.com. Callaway, the number one irons in golf. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yes! Johnny, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most! Expect anything different? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Laying Up Podcast. I'm Chris Solomon, joined today for the first time, Harold Varner III. Harold, you are down in New Orleans. What's happening, man? Uh, nothing much. Just uh, chilling, enjoying the the weather's pretty nice. I haven't been um, at a tournament on a Monday in a long time, so it just feels good to just relax and not do much. Why Why are you there early this week then? Just a short flight over from uh, San Antonio, and uh, I think New Orleans is a pretty fun town. You're paired up with Smiley this week for the Zurich. Have you? How did you, How did you guys work out? pairings like was this like a school group project trying to figure out who was going to play with who were their feelings hurt um no smiley asked me to play and i was like yeah you know let's do it um he's just a good friend and i think uh we'll have a good time and we'll we'll play well so that was the initial thought and i feel like we still have a good chance was there i mean did you ever hear did you hear of anyone like you know any beefs that were happening like hey i thought we were going to play together was there any drama i'm hoping that there was some drama is what i'm going for here uh you're going for that but i i mean golfers don't have drama oh I mean, come that's, on that's only women oh come on only women dog we good <laughs> so I, did you how did you guys work out or have you worked out who's hitting off what tees what ball you're playing are there any issues there I didn't really think about it till last week, but uh, we play the same ball. Um, we hit it, you know, he hits his driver further than I do, but usually hit about the same club. So it's going to be, um, it'll be pretty simple. I just think we need to just execute shots, and I'm just, I'm really excited about the format. Have you played much alternate shot? No, not, no, not at all. I don't remember the last time I played alternate shot. Honestly, I'm going to play practice on tomorrow alternate shot. Do you so? All right, so you mentioned you like the format. Um, it seems like, if you can tell by the field list and the amount of publicity this tournament's gotten, it seems like everybody out there is relatively excited about it. Is that the vibe you get from the players as well? Yeah, I think so. I mean, just something different. You know, we're always looking to do something different because you know you go week to week, and sometimes it's the same. And to change it up a little bit, it's going to be it's going to be fun. Do Actually, you, it'll be fun if we play well, but. Do you foresee do you foresee the tour doing more stuff like this in the future? And what what else would you like to see? What are some kind of things that guys are are, are dying to see? I wish they'd play Captain's Choice. Honestly, I think that'd be really cool. But you know, it's not my call. I just do what they tell me to do. And you know, it's just what do they really want to do? I don't know. I haven't really heard of anything that different. Honestly. So here was, here was my idea for the format. You guys need to play one round, 
with a scramble, but every time you guys make a par, you got to take a club out of your bag. They would never do it, but that would be I'm, that would be really fun. I mean, it'd be something different, but. European um, tour is like two days away from making that happen. I'm t- I'm, European tour doesn't even like go through a test process. So they just start, they just throw stuff up against the wall and just throw it right into a format. I, I like that the tour is moving this direction, but uh, I'm, I'm ready to see him really start mixing stuff up. Yeah, that'd be cool, but I just don't think that's no going to happen. You know, it's just uh, they're set in their ways and they're gonna do it their way, and I. At the same time, that's sort of how you become good at something. You just stick to what you're doing, and no matter what someone else says, you just keep doing your job. Yeah, they do They do what works. They do know the formula to keep the, exactly. the sponsors happy and stuff like that. But do you think there's any risk that this is basically going to be a glorified version of the Shark Templeton shootout? I've never watched a shot of that. So. <laughs> See, neither have I, and that's, that's kind of I what know. I kept falling back on. Um, I don't know what it's going to be, but the fact that we're talking about makes it uh, pretty interesting, you know. Like, I know that years prior, you know, you wouldn't be talking about so much about New Orleans, and now you're talking about. It. So it's pretty, it's pretty fun. I'm super excited just to see what happens, you know, see how it plays out. So what's your normal routine that you say you don't get in on a Monday? What do you do? You show up on Tuesdays usually, play nine holes. What do you? How much time are you spending at the course before a tournament? Um, lately, I've been just coming in on Tuesday, and except on the West Coast, just uh, just because I can't come home. Um, just show up on Tuesday night, go to sleep, and uh, either play the pro-am or just practice on uh, Wednesday. I'm big fan of just get as much time at home as possible. So you're not going to the golf course today. Today's Monday. You're not. You're not uh, over today. No, actually, I might go to the golf course to get my clubs regret, but I feel like that's not going to happen. I don't know what time it is yet. One uh, fifteen. I don't like my chances today. <laughs> How often are you like? So you're getting your clubs regret. How often are you tinkering with your equipment? Do you ever do you mess around in the equipment truck too often? No, no. I haven't been in equipment trailer in well over a month. Not my thing. I think uh, whatever got you there is gonna, you know, you're gonna play well with it unless something needs to change. Like I hit a rock last week and I have a gouge in my eight iron, so I have a new eight iron. Other than that, you know, just you know, it's it's not the Indian, you know, it's not the bow and arrow. It's the Indian, so you just gotta figure it out and just I don't know. I don't really think too much of it. Are you a TrackMan guy? Then it doesn't sound like it. Uh, if I could afford one, I'd buy one, but. I can't, so it's okay. Nobody, you DJ doesn't let you borrow his. No, I just never ask. If I need one, I'm sure they someone will let me use it. But I mean, obviously, it's worked really well for him. You know, getting the yardages down, he's gotten so much better inside of uh, 150. I guess that's what everyone talks about. So, you know, it's worked well for him. I think if you have a TrackMan and you use it the right way, it's a great tool. But um, it's crazy now. Everyone has one. So I like, can't hit balls without it. Yeah, it's, people are a little bit a little bit dependent on it. I mean, I don't I don't obviously swim in that circle, but it, I've heard a lot. Of, you know, I talked with Matt Every about how people have gotten addicted to that thing, and it just it seems to be kind of a dividing line. Guys that are more more feel based, which I would have put DJ in that category up until up until recent, but uh, I, I didn't know how prevalent. It always depends. So so you don't you don't follow the trackman numbers and stuff. How how about advanced stats? Like, are you looking at are you doing detailed stats breakdowns at the end of every week? Uh. 
a little bit. My caddy does most of it, and we just work on the stuff that he sees that's like not going well the week prior. But I before Bay Hill, I've never really looked at stats at all because I think stats can be very skewed, you know, just because it doesn't read like, you know, if you're putting from six feet, you know, six feet up the hill is way easier than six feet down the hill. Just, you know, that's just common sense. But the stats don't read that. Or the wind's off the right and the pin's on the right. You know, it's just a tough pin to get at, and you just you have to take yeah, you just have to take your chances from the left, and you know it's just gonna be harder to get closer. So it's just some things I just uh, you know I don't understand, but there's a formula, there's a way that I can use those stats to make myself better, and you have to do it. I think the best players in the world are doing that. So do you? Is there anything that sticks out to you at, at the moment as far as what you see is the biggest differentiator between like a guy like yourself and, and the guys at the very top? Like what's the, what's the what's the skill that you're working on the most, or the skill that separates uh, the top players from where you're currently at? I would say chipping. Chipping. You know, it's not so much like hitting, a, you know, a great chip. It's the simple chips. You know, getting them up and down every time. Because it just holds the round together. All right, I wasn't expecting that one. So, um, what, would, what were you expecting? I don't know. Something with the long game. I, I feel like guys are always uh, guys are always looking at the way DJ hits the ball. And one of the questions I always ask the players is like, if you could take one skill of your own and swap it out for a skill of another player's, which what would you choose? I think you would choose driving. Yeah. So, I would, almost everyone's answer is Rory or DJ's driver. Well, I mean, it just sets up the whole course. I mean, if you hit it that far and that straight, it just makes makes every course easier. Is you it, can manage. You're not going to hit every shot well, but you can manage from out of the rough where they hit it. Yeah, and that's where those strokes gain stats will tell you that some of the biggest differences are made. And it's not it's not something – like the guys that have the best advantage in like strokes gain putting or chipping or anything – it's not nearly the same gap as like the the top guys are getting strokes off the tee or strokes gained approaching the green. So um, I don't know. That just kind of that, that always fascinates me to see. It, it usually it's you know some people will say Stenson's iron game. Some people will say you know Rory told me he'd rather have Steve Stricker's wedge game. I just always find that answer uh, interesting. But is there is there someone you've played with out there that has like a one particular skill that stands out as being like completely remarkable compared to anyone else you played with? Remarkable. Um, I don't really pay attention to half the people I play with. I almost forgot who I uh, <laughs> I played with last week, but um, not really. I don't know. I just want to play Tiger, to be honest. Have you? I just want to see what he does that makes him so great. I mean, right now it's obviously it's tough with his injuries and stuff like that. But I just want to see what he does. He's the best player of my generation, so I just want to. I want to see it. Have you ever played with him in a practice round or anything? I have not. Um, I only think we've played in – I'm not really sure I've played in an event that oh, – just one, the U.S. Open that I qualified for in 2013. I think that might be the only event that we've both played in. Huh. Are, are you – I mean, if you were back in an event, do you know him well enough to go up and ask to play a practice round with him? Um. I don't know him well enough, but I would ask him. I mean, it's hard to – I think it's very hard to get close to him. So that would be the tough part. <clears throat> but I'm not really sure he plays that many practice rounds is the main thing. I think he just kind of does the – you know, plays a pro-am and then plays a tournament because he's seen the courses so many times. 
what's your so you're saying it sounds like he's had a big influence on you as far as uh, you you brought him up out of out of almost nowhere so is there a particular memory you have watching him while growing up that really sticks out to you um n- not really just that he's the best player i've ever seen or like on tv um didn't wasn't a fan when I went to the Wachovia when I was a kid and he didn't sign my hat so I was pretty pissed then but you know he's just the best player and you want to see the best players play and it just it sucks right now you know what he's going through I won't ever go through that I'm sure a lot of people don't but it is what it is and I just hope he comes back because it'll be good for the tour I remember as a kid, um, I think I was around like 13 or 14 at the time of the 2000 PGA Championship. So I think you were probably 10 or 11. And I remember we were watching that. He had like that seven-foot putt to tie Bob May to send him to a playoff. Oh, unreal. So, oh, my gosh. You can like envision that putt going in right now. Well, that's that's what I'm saying is I was too young to understand that he could fail. So like a few years before that, I think in 98 – um, I was I was in a bowling alley and Michael Jordan. It's it's Game Six, of the NBA Finals, and Jordan hits the shot over Brian Russell, and the place erupted in celebration. And for me, as like a kid, I didn't it, it didn't register for me because I didn't think Jordan could fail. Like I was like, of course he's going to make that. I felt the yeah. same way as Tiger standing over that putt in 2000. Everyone at the party we were at, like we were at like a golf team party, like erupted in celebration. I was like. You guys, wait, you guys thought he was going to miss that? Like, my mind could not comprehend that he could fail. Exactly, and that's um, that's just what makes him great, that you just envision him always succeeding. And I think Dustin's getting on that track, man. That guy plays good every time he tees it up, and you just feel like he's going he's gonna to win. So it's pretty, you know, it's weird dynamic for it not to be Tiger, but it's cool that now I'm playing there and I get to play against the best. And that's what just makes it so sad, all the stuff that's going on with Tiger now, that this is it's gone on for so long that this is going to be people's people's memory. People that are like a little younger than you, they're going to remember this era more than, you know, the the Tiger twirls and the the majors that he was running away with. But Exactly. Everyone's yeah. like, Oh, Tiger's hurt, you know, I'm just like, Man, I know he's hurt, but he's done so much for the game, for I mean, for me, just he made me watch golf, yeah. and I don't really watch golf now. A quick break to talk to you guys a bit about Odyssey. Now, when it comes to putting, the best players in the world are going to be generating top spin at impact. The new O-Works micro hinge insert from Odyssey dynamically generates top spin at impact, regardless of the putting stroke. So, this means the ball is staying online. It's getting online faster, staying online, and will have you making more putts in no time. The micro hinge insert is the new way to roll from Odyssey, the number one putter in golf. Go to odysseygolf.com to learn more. I don't have one of these yet, but I am gaming an Odyssey that's a bit outdated, and I'm ready to put this in my bag. I need all the help I can get right now with my putting, as was evidenced this weekend. We're going to be talking more about this weekend on the next podcast. Uh, for now, let's get back to Harold. So one of our guys, Randy, came up with this thing a couple years ago called the Tiger Tax, where he went and estimated how much money Tiger has made other tour players as a result of his his being involved in the game. If you were to estimate how much of your earnings were influenced by Tiger, how much would you say that is? Um, zero, because he didn't hit the golf ball for me. 
But I'm saying, how much if he never existed? How much? How much would your career earnings have been different based on the purse money? I'd say you could cut it in half. Yeah, that's maybe, what Charles Howell said. Maybe less, but you know, thank you, Tiger. <laughs> um, so going back, I want to talk about Australia. Obviously, uh, that was your first professional win last year. First, I don't think I ever heard the story. How did you end up playing down in the Australian PGA Championship? It was December, <clears throat> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, so when I was in college, I had a teammate that was from uh, Canberra, Australia, and he always said, you know, if I ever was, if there's an opportunity for me to play in Australia, you know, you need to go. I'm like, all right, all right, whatever. And two years ago, I had the opportunity to go, so I went. I didn't really think much of it. I just wanted to travel. Didn't have much going on because it's in December. You know, I want to play golf. I enjoy playing golf. So I went down there and lost in a playoff. And then this year it was nice to go down there and, you know, get the job done. That was special, special week. Am I reading it right that you went Malaysia, Vegas, Mayakoba, Japan, Australia? In that order? Yeah, yeah that is right. <laughs> Do you? I mean, do you do you still enjoy the travel part, or do you like? Uh, is that something that you, I mean? I was I was pretty surprised when I talked to Peter Uline how much he did enjoy going to random places, going to new places he hadn't been, and playing golf. Is that something you still enjoy at this point in your career? Yeah, I'm only 26, so you know I don't. You know, you just gotta. That's just a part of it. Yeah. Either you do it or you don't. There's no like, oh, I don't really feel like traveling. If you don't travel, you don't make money. And if you don't make money, you don't live the way that you want to live. So either do it or don't. I don't, <clears throat> we don't have time for making up and kissing babies. <laughs> I enjoy it though. I truly enjoy it. It's, um, you get to see some cool things. You get to do things that a lot of people don't get to do. And I think that's what makes it awesome about our sport. So what's the vibe down there like in Australia? I mean, I've, I've never been there. I imagine it just being everything just being way more laid back than than a day to day in the U.S. I don't know. It's pretty hot. I've only been sunburned twice, and that was one of the times. It's hot. I mean, December. Okay, it's, it's really chill. You know, super like surfer bro type stuff. It's kind of weird, but you know, like hipster stuff. But it's good. I I mean. You just need to go. It's a long ways, don't get me wrong, but it's something that I wish everyone could experience. Do you do do you do get to do a lot of like social stuff when you go to a new country or something like that for the first time? Do you do do you build some travel time around that or are you just like when it's over, just get me home? Um can you say it again? I was saying, do you build in anything, any like other social activities or sightseeing or anything? Do you build in extra time when you go somewhere new like that, or is it like once the tournament's over, you're like, just just get me home? Get me home. Yeah, home is uh, home is just an awesome place. I love going home. My bed's pretty comfortable. I enjoy waking up in it. That's why I go home after Sunday. This is the first first week in a while. You know, I've been out on a Monday, and it's just been. It's good, but I feel like you can get a lot done on Mondays at home. Just uh, stuff around the house, stuff you just, you know, it's almost like a catch-up day. Yeah. And when you're on the road, it's just, doesn't make it tough, but it just, I don't get as much done. So you talk about the a little bit about the current state of your game. You've made your last five cuts. You're, you've been playing well. 
What's your current swing thought right now when you're standing over the ball? And I, I hope I'm not like gonna me- it's not gonna mess with you when you come D it up Thursday. Like, damn, I don't know what my swing thought is. But what are you thinking about right now when you line one up? Uh, where is the target, and how can I make it go there? To be honest, um, that's it. <laughs> yeah, I think it's I think it's your job to be an athlete. I think that makes golf easy for me. So I just try to keep it as simple as possible. Uh, this week, you just you know, you just want to keep a good attitude, you know, because there's going to be a point somewhere this week where, you know, you're just going to need – attitude's going to be everything, and that's what I, I'm going to do. That's what I do well. I have a good attitude, and I hope that brings us much success this week. So what is your – how much – how big of a team do you have? Do you have a swing coach? Do you have a short game coach? Do you have a sports psychologist, any of that, or are you, you pretty much riding solo? Uh, I have a swing coach, um, same guy I've taken lessons from since I was 16, back at home, just old school, just hit balls, see balls, and he knows my swing really uh, really well, so when the shots start coming out that aren't solid or not where I want them to go, we can fix it relatively quickly. But it doesn't sound like you're a guy that, that tinkers a lot with the swing. You, you keep things pretty simple? Yeah, I mean... If it got you here, it's good enough to win out here. I, that's what I think. I mean, obviously you need to get better, but I think it's more about fine-tuning stuff instead of, you know, we're not trying to invent the wheel. So you, you mentioned about it getting you there. When did you when did you know that you had the game to be a contender on the tour, or have you always known that? Uh, not really. I never really thought about it. I just wanted to play on tour, and then I got out here, and – I got in contention. I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. And then on Sunday, cashed a nice check, and I was like, this is pretty awesome. So <laughs> it's been uh, it's been a roller coaster, and I, I just enjoy every second of it. You know, even like when I've I played bad on the West Coast this year, and yeah, it didn't it wasn't fun playing bad, but there's just something about it that like I like a challenge. Like it's okay, it's gonna be all right. It's not in the world. No one's dying. We're going to be okay. Let's go play some good golf, and that's what's happening. You know, I haven't had a great finish, but I'm playing solid, and I'm looking forward to the next week, you know? Was there ever, like, a moment that, it, like, it, it clicked for you, like, like, I've made it and I belong out here. This no longer feels different or foreign to me at all. Like, this this is where I belong? Um, Not really. I feel like you're always – for me, I feel like I'm always not trying to prove people wrong or prove anything to anyone, but there's – but I want to prove something to myself. I want to see how good I can get. Like, that's just what it's about to me. Like, I want to see if I can be the best player in the world. Do you make specific goals? Or, like, do you have specific goals for this season? Um, not really. I just, each week, I want to give myself the best chance to win. Whatever that takes. Because, you know, if you do the little stuff, it'll take care of all the big stuff. You know, playing good golf takes care of everything. That's what my instructor's always told me, so... When you focus on the stuff that you really like, you control with your play, but like you don't really control like where you fall or if some guy played better. You don't control that, so you just focus on just focus on Harold. Do what is best for Harold, and at the end of the day, that'll give you the best chance to play well. I want to talk about a bit about your first uh, Open Championship experience last year. Uh, I've, I've developed an affinity, as many people have, for Lynx golf over the years. Do you ha- had you had much experience with Lynx golf before you played over there, and what was that first experience like? Um, it was hard. It was very hard, and no, I, I don't 
No, I've never really. We don't play links in North Carolina. <laughs> Had you been over to the UK at all to play? Oh uh, yeah, one time I went when I I guess that'd been two thousand and eight. I went to St Andrews, but like I don't remember. You know, like it's not like I went over there and was like grinding away, figuring out how to hit shots. I was just playing golf. You know, I played Kings Barn, um, the Castle Course, played some other courses. I can't can't remember, but I didn't get to play the home course. But it was a uh, you know, to play Link style for that many days in a row it was cool, but I wasn't. It was a little different going this past year. And so, what did you? What was your first? You, what was your experience at True and Like? Did you find what did you find so difficult about it? I guess it was so windy, and it was <laughs> left to right winds. Oh. Like I mean, left to right winds are good, but when they're blowing like thirty and out of bounds is on the right, and the shit is on the left, it just makes it really tough. <laughs> left really to, tough. Left to right winds are brutal. Do you, do, like be, number? I mean, I can remember number eleven is oh. the hardest freaking hole. Not in golf, but that week it was probably the hardest hole I've ever played. I mean, I hit it over. I mean, it was just not awesome. Did you, being there, could you even comprehend the numbers that Phil and Stenson put up? Yeah, I mean, I wasn't out there when they played, but I definitely want to say that they were in the better wave of the two. Oh, so breaking news here that Stenson only won the, won the Open Championship because, because he had the better draw. Oh no, that's I'm not why. I'm, I'm that's it. Definitely helped. I mean, I think Rory. I don't know what he shot that week, but he was the best player out of his wave, yeah. and he lost by sixteen or something crazy like that. I mean, I don't keep up with that, but I mean, that's just facts. Yeah. Did I mean? Does it? Does that kind of tournament feel? How different does it feel from a regular PGA Tour stop? Different, just because it's links. But at the end of the day, you still want to just. It's still golf. The Hole size doesn't change. Maybe the grass changes, but no, you still gotta you gotta do your job, and that's that's what that's the challenge I like. That's what makes it so exciting. Like every day is different. How can you handle it? And just don't be, you know, don't be a butt. Just get it done. Do your job. So you say you don't watch a lot of golf when you're not playing. Did you tune it? Like, what about the Masters? Are you tuned in to watch the Masters? No. I watched the last three holes because I was eating dinner and it was on. But, no, I've never really never really been a – I just don't think if you want to be playing with those guys, you can't do it watching them. Like, you know, you got to go practice. you got to go do your job. And most of the time I'd be playing golf with my dad or something, you know, working. And you it just makes it hard to watch golf if you're working or practicing. So do you, do you consider yourself a golf nut? Not a golf. I mean, what do you consider? What's your definition of a golf nut? Uh, I so like a nerd or like a person that enjoys just generally just playing golf with his boys and just having a good time. I would say it's it's something like that you crave almost that and that if you know if you haven't picked up a club in a couple of days and grand you go through times where you know you don't want to look at a club for a while and even somebody I don't play for obviously professionally but when I when I go you know if I'm playing for two straight weeks I'm fine setting them down for a little while. But it's something like you really do just have that feeling, that itch to go, even if it's just hit balls on the range. You just feel feel the compression of a ball. That that to me feels like a golf nut, and somebody that's gonna tune in and watch events as well when they're not playing in it, or you know, are just kind of craving having golf somewhere in their life. Um, I guess I'm a golf nut when it comes to playing golf. I love playing with my boys, you know, having a good time, drinking some beers, and just you know, I enjoy playing golf, but I enjoy watching it. Yeah, just 
That's two different things. No, That's fair. Never. You know what I mean? Like, I yeah. I love playing golf. Like, I just, like I was saying, I love just figuring out if I can be better or just hanging out with – you know, when you play with a good group, it's just – there's nothing like it. I can't really describe it, but it's just – I enjoy being around good people, and I find myself on the golf course doing that a lot. That's what makes our sport awesome, you know. So you who are you playing it. with then for a casual round? Who, who are you calling up to tee it up with? At home or anywhere, yeah. At home or during a oh, practice yeah, I round. I play with my boys. My I play. I try to play with my best friend that I grew up with. You know, he's not very good, but you know, I just enjoy playing with him. I play with my dad and two of my roommates from uh, from college. They come down to Charlotte and we'll play. And I really just enjoy just doing that. You know, they're trying to get better. I'm trying to get better, but you know, we're also having fun. It's okay. You know, they talk a lot of shit, so. I enjoy that aspect as well. So, not let's say not from like an administrative PGA Tour perspective, but just things in general, maybe on the lighter side that you would like to change about the tour. So, like when I asked that to Matt Every, he's like, "All right, the glasses on the back of your hat, they got to go. White belts got to go. Uh, what are some trends or anything on tour that you're like, all right, this has got to stop. We got to change this." Nothing. I think our sport's awesome. Nothing. I think. I think it's good. I don't know. I don't really have any problem with – I don't really care what anyone's wearing, honestly. I didn't mean necessarily just what they're wearing, just anything that's like any kind of I trend. Mean, but you're never going to change that. That's just not going to – you know, when you're playing for that kind of money, you're not going to just get up there and just whack it. Yeah, I don't know. Like aim point or anything anything like that was what I was going for. Aim but. point, I don't really care. I don't focus on that either. I don't really care what anyone else is doing as long as they're not standing in front of the hole while I'm hitting or my ball. <laughs> I don't really care. You know, it's just that's not my problem. I'm not, I'm not focused on them, and the only way that I'm going to be, you know, they're going to bother me is if it affects it affects my ball going towards the hole. So if you're standing in front of the hole, that's going to piss me off. You stand in front of the golf ball, that's going to piss me off. But no one does that. So I think our sport's in good hands. You know, we you know we don't you know we got a lot of really really good players and it makes it fun to watch now but we don't have like a super dominant player like when tiger was playing yet i think dustin's headed that way if he stays healthy you know that kind of sucked what happened i mean that was just a bummer in augusta that's it was brutal i mean that was it 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 seems like the only thing only kind of thing that would happen to dj you know i mean that was just i would have been hot uh, and it, it was I still I still maintain that you know people he was the favorite going into it and I still maintain that it that uh, have you played at Augusta? Never. No, I, I still don't. I don't think that he would have won just because I, I I think uh, I, I don't know. I have a hard time seeing just like a real bomber having a huge advantage there unless you can shape it like Bubba does. But uh, it, it is it is just a bad look for the sport. Like I'd made the joke like when is. When your best athlete is falling down the stairs the night before the biggest champ like event of the year, like that, that doesn't happen in other sports. Like no guys are hurting their back right before a major, uh, you know, like a NBA Finals or anything like that. But yeah, that sucks, you know. And obviously, it's you know it's a bummer, but I don't know what you know how bad he felt. But I think he did what was best for DJ, and yeah. you can't fault him for that. Like. I don't know. I mean, maybe it hurt that bad. Maybe it didn't. But that's not my job to judge him on that. I hope he. You no, know, I just hope he gets better. That just 
of all ways to get hurt, though. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, he gave it a go. He gave it a go. I mean, like, he definitely couldn't I didn't, play. I you, didn't you, watch, but I remember getting on Twitter and, like, people just going nuts when he went through. Yeah, I mean, I mean Kings you, can't, you can't swing a club with a back injury. You just can't. That's one of those places you you can't play with. So it's not like I was questioning his toughness at all. It's just like, how how does that happen? But I want to uh, I want to talk to you about this because I know you're a big LeBron guy. I'm also go, I'm Let also a big LeBron guy, and I've been I, I I don't talk a lot of hoops on here really at all. But why not? I I so I I live abroad, man. I don't get to watch much NBA oh. anymore. I mean, I check the, I read the scores, but I don't get to see the games anymore. What happened? What happened to the Pacers? They gone. You knew that was coming, though. I mean, he hasn't lost a first round game in ten years. But uh, I, I struggle, and again, like I said, I haven't seen the games. But who? I'm assuming LeBron is your MVP. It blows my mind that every year we have this conversation that he's somehow not the MVP of the league. No, he's the best player in the league, but the MVP is Russell Westbrook, and I think they're going to vote James Harden, and it's going to piss me off. Yeah, all right. So, tell, so why is why is Westbrook more valuable than LeBron? Uh, there's only been two people ever to average a triple-double, and he – I mean, the last person to do it didn't win the MVP either, so I guess that <laughs> that's pretty crazy. But, I mean, dude, he's the best player, period. I've uh, – I've seen him play against the Hornets. I love that a star athlete plays. You know, he does, never takes a day off, never, you know, takes a playoff. And I find that in the NBA, there's a lot of players that do that. And he doesn't. And I I just appreciate that. So that's my thing. Yeah. He plays defense. He does, he does everything for that team. And he's not ashamed to, like, fail. And I think that's, that's hard to do when you're in the, you know, you're in the public's eye all the time, you know, because, like, people are ashamed to fail sometimes. They're, like, scared to fail, and he doesn't care. He's like, all right, I missed a shot, whatever, let's go to the next game. But so, and, and people have different definitions for how they want to pick out an MVP, but, like, for me, my I always go to, it's like, if you were starting a team to build around for the season, whose season are you taking? Like, what guy are you taking? And for me, all the things that LeBron can do on, a, on, the, on the court mean more to me than averaging a triple Anyone down. else. Anyone else like that guy? That guy's gonna win you games by himself. It's amazing. Like just because he's on the court, and I think it's uh, I think it's awesome. But if we had to start with point guards, I would take Russell Westbrook. Well, yeah, that's a different category, though. I mean, <laughs> point guard. I it's a tough one. Point guards. It's a tough one. Do you judge off of you know how their team's record is, or do you? It's a you know, factor. It's a factor. I mean, the Cavs kind of mail it in in the regular season, right? I mean, at this point, that's that's it's clearly not a priority to them. And I mean, I don't know. I, to me, it's just I, I feel like LeBron's career is forever tainted by how long it took him to win a ring because these ridiculous expectations were lofted on him, and he played with a crap team in Cleveland for like almost a decade. Where can you name the second best player he played with in his first part of like of his career with Cleveland? No, it's Antoine Jameson. All right, so oh if that post post prime Antoine Jameson, 
and the, another tar hole. And I know that there's ways. There's the way that he went to to Miami was you know rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. But he had to do that. And look how bad that team was without him. That's another thing I factor in. Like they were like bottom of the barrel, winning the lottery as soon as he left. Like that's how bad that team was around him. And now what he does with them is it still blows my mind. I mean, you take him off that team. I think they make the playoffs, but they're a eight, seven, or eight seed, and that to me is. Is they the only make the playoffs though because they're in the East. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, in the West they'd get they, wiped. Yeah, zero. Kawhi, wow, wow. Speaking of MVP, <laughs> Kawhi is so nice. I mean, that game last night or two nights ago. Unbelievable. I mean, obviously you didn't get to see it. But I know. <laughs> so, I, I miss so everything. Nuts. So I mean, you watching? You tune in the NBA every night in playoffs. Um, not every night, but yeah. you know when when it's on and there's nothing else on, I just tune in. Yeah. yeah. So who's taking it? Who's taking it down this year? The Cavs repeating. I don't even want to talk about it. it. Makes me nervous. I mean, I'm getting goosebumps talking about it, but I think they can do. It. Do you? Do you? I do you think there's any doubt in your mind? And people think I'm crazy for this. Already on the career scale, where do you compare Kobe and LeBron? You Next thought, question. You thought this was a golf podcast. It's not anymore. <laughs> Next question. You're not, I can't do it right now. I okay, can't do that's it. fair. Let's just it's, wait. Yeah. Let's wait till all the cards are dealt. Let's see how they finish, and then I'll have I'll have you an answer in about ten years. That's fair. I'll give you that. Age, I like that. So can't run away from age. I like that. All right. Are you are you the best three on tour? Like you're Harold Varner the third. Are you the best of all of the thirds on tour? At what? At, At golf? Yeah. I mean, Davis Love is pretty good. I wanted. I, mean, I just wanted you to throw a dig at Chucky. Uh, Billy Hurley. Um, he defends the country, so he's pretty. You know, <laughs> I don't really. I don't really. I mean, I can't win this argument. You're not so. messing with him. Uh, the best. The best at having fun. Man, I don't know. I don't, maybe I don't know. I just that's just a bad. That's a bad question because. I can't win. One guy's defending the country, and one guy's in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> and uh, so, who's like a? Do you have like an underrated personality guy on tour? Somebody that people maybe don't know very well, but is just and maybe is not big on social media or whatever, but is just like a. Oh, let's see. I mean, I think Max Home is the funniest. Oh, guy. Max is the man. But he's really good on Twitter, so it doesn't. Uh, let me see. He is for especially for a golfer. He's really good on Twitter. Oh my gosh! Just good timing, not very long. Just he gets it. He's brief. He gets it. He doesn't flood your timeline. He's he's the, he's he's got to be probably the best uh, the best athlete Twitter follow, or best golf Twitter follow. I would say. I mean, because he tweets about everything, and I think that's he's got range. Being a golfer, that's hard because only thing pe- golfers tweet about is golf. Yeah, which it's kind of you know it just is what it is. But I just. I mean, there's more to life than. Oh yeah, Kisser's pretty good. Is Maddie Lou feeding you answers right now? Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> oh, don't worry about teamwork that. going on over here. All right, she's a big, she's a big Kisser fan. I see her. He's like, hilarious. <laughs> just became a three man weave podcast. I'm but, trying to think who's who is like really good but sneaky. Like, wouldn't know. This is a tough one right here. I think the caddies are the funniest people in the world. They're just genuine people who just have zero fucks about 
anything, and they just pull for their players. I think that's uh, they live a tough life. I think. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> their salary is based on. I mean, I feel bad for Ray right now, my caddy. I'm just grinding away, and he's just getting paid little pennies right now. I always want. So, how does how does your arrangement work? Do you pay your caddy a flat fee weekly? I know that's typically the arrangement, but how does that work oh, yeah, for you? That and the percentage, and yeah. I always give him a Christmas bonus. And uh, how did you how did you meet your caddy, or how did you uh, how did that get arranged? That's a pretty. It was not arranged. Um, I was in Australia, and the guy that two years ago, the guy that was supposed to caddy for me, his guy ended up getting in the tournament, Steve Allen, and Ray was over there for vacation and I was I guess I got a guy to call him and he said I'll caddy as long as I don't have to caddy on Monday so I used the they call I guess they call them buggies I used a buggy on Monday and then um he caddied on Tuesday like had to buy like college shirts and stuff like to caddy and we lost in a playoff and he's been caddying ever since Hmm. so uh what what's a we'll get you out of here on this man i'm taking a lot of your time but what what's a golf course that the pga tour doesn't go to that you'd love to see host an event does not go to yeah there's not currently a tour stop at a particular golf course any any course you're like that would be that place would be a bomb ass place to have an event oh they should go to the muni gaston municipal where i grew up (laughs) I think that'd be sick. <laughs> Do you have any realistic options, or I don't? Tell me about this course. I don't know about it. I don't care where they go. If you play good golf, you can play anywhere. And I mean, I don't think it's about. I don't think golf's about like how good the golf course is. I think it's about who you play with and having a good time. But it's just me and. You don't, you know, you just do like if they tell you to play here, you go play there. You don't bitch and moan about it. You go play there. Yeah. Do you have do you have a course that if I if you were to predict a course that you will have your first win at on the tour what would it be? Call your shot. This is your Babe Ruth moment right here. They're not playing Congressional this year. I like that place a lot for yeah. some reason. I'm gonna get. Go, I'll say this week. Call on your this, shot this week. You and Smiley. Yeah, I like our chances a lot. I mean, we just need to do our job. Focus. You know, I'm gonna enjoy myself today and tonight and i'm going to get the business tomorrow and it's back to work and i just think smiley's trending i'm trending and we have a good opportunity to do some damage and i think the course sets up really well for us heard it here first i love it man so all right good luck this week man enjoy the new format i'm excited to see it and uh, i'll be following along and uh yeah have a good time in new orleans and uh play well man thanks a lot for coming on no no thanks for having me and you have a good one and Amsterdam and don't catch a contact huh? I'll be good man I'll be good <laughs> cheers man thanks be the right club be the right club today yeah! Johnny that's better than most how about him that is better than most better than most expect anything different